This is One-on-One's NFL Friday, bringing your weekly Jets, Giants, and NFL talk from WFUV Sports. With top guests, weekly fantasy advice, and opinionated analysis, this is One-on-One's NFL Friday. Number nine, number nine, week number nine of One-on-One's NFL Friday. Kenny Ducey, Nolan Silbernagel. From WFUV Sports in the Bronx, glad you could join us. Kelly Coltis and Pat Burns doing a great job behind the glass. We have so much to get to today. Great show today. Great show, Beth. I mean, Definitely. it hasn't started, but I it, I guess you could call it already a great show. It's Gr- a great show great that, open. that I'm able to be uh, right here with my friends. And also, even better, Especially we will Kenny. have Jim Corbett <laughs> of USA Today to join us, talk uh, general NFL. We'll get some midseason uh, awards and surprises and disappointments with him. Midseason's always fun. It I is because like, you like know you know what it's a 17 week season, but really 16 weeks for most teams. So yep. I guess it's like these two weeks are really the majority the of teams have played half their games. Yeah, and we just decided that we're just going to call this this week. This is the midseason. Mark episode. it down. This is midseason. Mark it down. And uh, <laughs> you know, speaking of mark it down, we did mark down a few uh, a cut from last week's fantasy segment. We'll also oh, get to that well, a little later. Yeah, there's that a lot is, of fantasy talk going on that right is, here. In that will be that will be very fun. But <laughs> a fun ending last night Thursday night football. Crazy. The ending. Dolphins take down the Bengals on a safety. Uh, I did not see it live. I saw the replay, and it was it was very close. That it Andy was. Dalton's the football, literally, if he had took one more step forward, or if he was a foot Anything. forward, it would have been a sack on on the goal line, really. Uh, but a safety that and only the third time ever that a game has ended in overtime on a safety, which was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, the other times were eighty nine and two thousand four. I believe, right, so right. We're pretty spaced out. Yeah. You, you look back at this game, and the takeaways you have are Andy Dalton throwing three interceptions, which he had a streak of three three pretty good games, and then and then he had this happen. Especially to against him. the Jets. Yeah. yeah, he he looked phenomenal. He looked a great. He, he was he was a stud against the Jets. Yeah, Absolute so stud. It was definitely interesting to see him struggle so much. But Kenny, going back to that uh, safety real quick, the thing that intrigued me the most was it, the ball wasn't. It's not like the play started on the two-yard line, the one-yard line, the goal line, and it was just a lot of not a lot of space to move, not a lot of motion, uh, not a lot of places to go. The ball started on Cincinnati's eight-yard line, eight-yard line. So if you're Andy Dalton, what what are you thinking? What are you thinking? Where you're in overtime? Usually you run in that situation. Next score, next score is that's it. Game's over, and you're on the eight-yard line. Why are you even anywhere near? Anywhere near to that end zone. I mean, I think that's just that was just a poor, poor decision by him. Obviously, game changing. I mean, the difference between seven and two and six and three right now is huge. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's the thing that really struck me the most out of that play was it was on the one yard line, two yard line. It was on the eight yard line. You're in overtime. You absolutely cannot afford the safety, not at all. And sure enough, Miami was remarkably able to get the safety. When the ball was close to the ten yard line, so that's really that, that's what I took away from that. Just poor decision by Andy Dalton right there. And, and another takeaway I have from this game, uh, Caleb Sturgis. Dolphins fans are very very upset with Caleb Sturgis, their kicker, because you look at Dan Carpenter who got cut by the Dolphins. He went to a few teams, tried out, finally caught on with the Bills. He is fifteen of eighteen this year. Caleb Sturgis is 13 of 18, which mm. is, uh, or excuse me, no, Carpenter is uh, 16 of 18, not 15 of 18, okay. so a little better. Yeah. And yeah, uh, Sturgis is is 13 of 18. So he's, and he, he did not look good last night. He missed a, a few or a couple. And look, I mean, this could linger. I mean, obviously, it is just the kicker position, but still, 
to see uh, a guy who scores a lot of points for you at the kicker position to not perform. He was two of three last night. Um, I think that there's going to be a lot of resentment that they let Dan Carpenter go, and I'm not saying this is going to ruin their season, but it's just it's another frustration that Miami will have, you know, especially looking at a season that started promising. Now they're four and four. And I mean, he hits that field goal. Um, you know, you, you have a lot more comfortable of a game and you probably don't have to go to overtime. Yeah, with the yeah. I mean, they're lucky that they did end up winning the game regardless. But of course, you definitely want to have that solid kicker. And if you're already missing five field goals halfway through the season and you want to be a playoff team, which Miami definitely had hopes for this year, you got to have a kicker that that's you know almost automatic because the kicker really is a huge part once the playoffs come. I mean, we've seen it so many times where field goals have, have, have just not even just won games but changed the entire momentum of games. So, I mean, that's going to be tough for the Dolphins. But, Kenny, yeah, I, I know you as a Jet fan, you had to have been rooting for Cincinnati last night, right? You, you can't have Miami now. Oh, no, man. I, I got thing, Miami now 4-4, four and four, same I record thing, as the Jets. I got a thing for the Dolphins. I, I really like what they're doing this year. I like Tannehill. I think that it's an you exciting team. You as a Jet team. fan? We're just po- just me as a just me as a football observer. I, I really I really like watching. Even though the this Dolphins. could hurt the Jets in the long run. Yeah, I mean I know that, but you know I mean look we we talk about every team on this show and I look I mean it, they're an exciting team. Lamar Miller sixteen times for one hundred and five yards on the ground. Uh, they have Mike Wallace who's starting to come along. Brian Hartline has always been very very consistent of, of a receiver, and no one ever talked about him yeah. when he caught for a hundred yards. And then, you know, I think that Ryan Tannehill has a lot of talent. On the other side of the ball, before we get off this game, Gio Bernard had a ridiculous touchdown run last night uh, of 35 yards. He goes nine times for 79 and two touchdowns. He is definitely getting it done for Cincinnati. Has it, it, What's surprising is Ben Jarvis Greenellis got 21 carries for only 72 yards. So Gio's really taken over this job. And but he also got if a Andy hurt Dalton night, is right? a little yeah, yeah yeah he got a little banged up he did which is you know maybe good but um you know because maybe that'll that'll solidify one running back over the other mm-hmm. there's not going to be a timeshare here but Dalton is throwing 53 times uh, and he's completing 32 of them I mean if they run the ball a little bit more maybe you know th- spread it out a bit more yeah keep the defense on their toes I, I don't know I mean again I'm not a, an offensive coordinator here but 150 rushing yards it seems like you know that's a pretty good day for your runners I, I mean you know, why not go more right I, I mean but this year I mean other than man the, the Packers maybe Aaron Rodgers has gotten up there near 50 and obviously the Broncos Cowboys game I mean and other Josh than Freeman that against the, Vi- you, against but the that's what the you day, see yeah. a guy throw 50 times and it's just it, usually it, it, if you're not an elite quarterback it doesn't turn out very yeah, well. And definitely. Andy Dalton threw three interceptions, got sacked five times. Dolphins T definitely stayed on him, uh, and it was a good win. Good, good win for them. Wasn't it you who was saying that you're still not, I think it was on Sunday, you said you're still not high on Dalton? Or you, yeah. yeah right? And I guess this was a good reason why. Well, I mean, I mean four turnovers. I saw night. that, he, look, he, he beat the Jets very handily, which we didn't talk about because, you know, that, that happened. Uh, he, they have played another game since then, but he did beat the Jets very yeah. handily, and that secondary uh, is is banged up and not very good, but I mean, no excuse. I mean, he, three games in a row he's played very well. There's just something about him. He, he doesn't. He he's up and down like this. You know, he's very inconsistent. He started out the year kind of good. I think the first two weeks he was all right. Then he went through like this three week slump. Then he's got this three week surge. Now he's back down three interceptions. Uh, you know, only completing thirty two of fifty three. 
So I I think that there is just he's just got to put it together. He's just got to become more consistent of a quarterback. But look, one guy you talk about consistency at the quarterback position who doesn't have it is Geno Smith, and he plays yeah. for those New York Jets. And to fill us in on the inconsistent day he had against Cincinnati, it is our Jets reporter, Chris Venezia. So the Jets traveled to Cincinnati last week, and things didn't go too well. Game Green lost 49-9 to the Bengals in a game that saw nothing go right. The defense was torched for five passing touchdowns, and the other two scores came on Geno Smith pick sixes. Rookie cornerback and the Jets' first pick in the draft, D. Milliner, was benched for his poor play. It was bad. Maybe even worse than bad. Lousy would be the best word to describe the game. Head coach Rex Ryan was disappointed with his team, but he knows they're better than this. We have a much better football team that showed up today, and, uh, and I believe that. I know we have to get a hell of a lot better. Uh, I say that after every, every game, win, lose, or drop, but um, that, that's pretty obvious. New York is now 4-4 four and four on the season, two games behind the New England Patriots in the AFC East. Their next challenge is a tough one as the Jets welcome the Saints to town. QB Geno Smith says the team's going to work hard this week to bounce back from the big loss in Cincy. Self-explanatory after a loss like this, every single guy knows. Um, you know, I know that we're, we're better than that team. Every single guy knows that he's got to um, you know, give a little extra this week. Gang Green may have the number one run-stopping defense in the league, but New Orleans doesn't do their damage on the ground. They do it in the air with quarterback Drew Brees averaging over 300 yards a game. New York will have their fans behind them, but if the defense doesn't come to play, it could be a long day for Jets Nation. My heart is behind Gang Green to pull off the upset in front of the home crowd, but my brain is telling me otherwise. My prediction, the Saints are too much to handle, and New York falls 31-17. With a... Report, I'm Chris Venezia. So thank you, Chris, for that. I thought he was going to go for a second calling the Jets. Was was going to win it. Because I, I, I first you say my heart tells me that they will pull it off. I was like, no way. That sounded like it. There's no way. That sounded yeah. like a model report. Where he was like, I think they're going to win. Our our giant supporter. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I think they're going to win, but I'm going to pick them to lose. But I really think they will. But you know what? On the other hand, they'll probably oh, lose. Throwing some jabs. No, but yeah, no, exactly. I, that I, just that's what I, I couldn't believe it. But I mean, you, there's there's no way you can willingly pick the Jets this way. I mean, right. you know, upsets happen all the time. But, but I mean, after seeing what Cincinnati did last week and the Saints have a much better offense than Cincinnati, I mean, who, who knows what's going to happen. It could be a same. We could see a similar score result. I mean, the Jets would really have to have an unreal week of practice to really turn some things around for uh, this to be a close one. But I don't think too many people are uh, thinking that way. And I think that was Christmas music from the, yeah, the, uh, was, the Peanuts. Was, yeah, yeah, used. with uh, Charlie Brown when he's all upset at the end of the episode. You know, his head's down. Yeah. Walking along, it was a good. It was a good music choice. It's good. It's clever. Uh, you look at the X's and O's here of the Jets' win, and or excuse me, not the win, the loss, the hor- a horrible loss, and the, <laughs> the loss that may be upcoming against New Orleans. Geno Smith, uh, what are you doing? Uh, he threw two inter- two pick sixes for the first time. This is the first time the Jets have had two pick sixes since I believe 1983. Not even with Mark. Even, even Mark. Not even with Mark Sanchez. <laughs> that did they throw two interceptions, return for touchdowns? 
What do you have to say game. about that? Kelly Colts is back there, the diehard Jet fan. Even your boy Mark Sanchez hasn't done something like that. My boy, like too. That. I like Mark Sanchez. Listen, Nolan, here's the thing. I liked Mark Sanchez. I really did. He had a lot of pick sixes, but I kind of agree with Kenny on this one. Like, Geno's so up and down. We expected this from Mark Sanchez. I thought the whole point of Geno Smith was the fact that he wasn't going to be as much of a turnover machine as Mark Sanchez was. Well, I wouldn't call – I really wouldn't call Geno Smith a turnover he machine. He has 13 picks. Because he's a rookie. How's he not a he's turnover not a, machine? He's not a machine because he's like Manning a turnover level right now. A, yes, he's a turnover machine. I, I don't, and it has gotten a little worse because of of his stats last week. But I mean, there are games where he doesn't turn the ball over. He's not turning the ball over consistently. But that's the thing is, like, he will have those games where he throws three picks. He might throw four picks. But then there are also games that he'll look like a, a star and only throw one or maybe no interceptions. I mean, that's. So that's maybe why I don't call him a turnover machine. Is he turnover prone? Absolutely, he's turnover prone. I think that it puts you in a very tough position when you throw two interceptions return for touchdowns. And on top of that, you're playing one of the best run defenses in the league. Yeah. People would say, people said after that game, oh, Chris Ivory and Blau Powell, they lost that game for the Jets. They weren't running the ball well. It's incredibly tough to run the ball against the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, teams have proven that this year. So it had to rely it, you had to rely on a rookie quarterback in Geno Smith and and he just wasn't up to the task and the, you know, people would criticize the defense too. I'm not going to give so much criticism to the defense. I'm going to give criticism to the cornerbacks because the safety play yeah. has been all right. The front seven play has been elite. I mean, Mo Wilkerson again solidified himself as a star. Sheldon Richardson's been great. It, it is all about Cromartie, who is still battling a little bit of a hip injury, and Millen are not stepping up. Darren Walls may be the best cover corner they have, uh, which is scary. And then you have guys like Ellis Langster, who's also in there. And that is really the concern for me is the cornerback position. And yeah, I, mean, I mean, even look two, at last year. The two year, wide receivers had like 250 receiving yards. I, hell, yeah, I'd it's take, unbelievable. I'd take Joe McKnight at cornerback right now. At this point. Over these is guys. That, that I really desperate? would. Yeah. And I mean, they were even toying with that idea last year. He's not on the roster anymore. But Milliner has been just such a disappointment this year. I mean, were people really expecting him to struggle this much? I mean. He, he was not this he, much, but I mean, he's he a rookie, he was, I and he has only played he was like really five highly games. regarded coming out. I mean, well, he was to also be benched again. I mean, he was also feared. He was also seen as an injury risk, which is proving to be true. I mean, he he's still battling a hamstring injury. I mean, he and Cromartie are both hurt right now. He he's battling a hamstring injury, and he hasn't seen the field every game this year. It, it and then in, in the two game the two recent games he's seen the field, he's been benched. Yeah. So. It's just a, it's a mess with him right now. I'm not ready to call him a bust. I mean, it's so it's, it's too, so early yeah, it's to too tell. Early to call but a bust, but a little, definitely disappointing. Oh, definitely, for sure, definitely um, disappointing to see one of your first round picks just not not do the well, other first round pick well, though. Yeah. Sheldon Richardson has looked great. Yeah, and I've uh, talking with Jets fans, you get the sense that people wanted. Uh, I heard one guy say, "Look, they should have just taken Richardson instead of Milliner, and then didn't I mean, even offer you know a." a potential pick below there. Look, you could have gotten Richardson at where they got him. I think at 13 or 12 was their pick, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. 12 or 12, 13. Right. Um, like yeah. They had, they wanted Tavon Austin, and they didn't yeah. get Tavon Austin. And yeah. that is that is the simplest way to put it. I don't think they would have picked the Milliner if Tavon Austin was no there. No way. No they way. They definitely wanted no, him. They definitely And they, look, it, it proves. I mean, Ter- Jeremy Curley is an awesome slot receiver, but they, the receiver depth on that team and the talent is... 
is just not there. Stephen Hill, Stephen Hill is having to me, to me, a good year because you can't expect him any more, any longer to have good games until Santonio Holmes comes back because there he is. Stephen Hill is the only deep he needs threat. Hands. He needs to grow some. Well, fingers. he's the only deep threat, on, <laughs> but he, he he looked really good at the beginning of the year, and that was because yeah. he was playing opposite Santonio Holmes. Stephen Hill right now is the only deep threat that the Jets have, so you can't no, expect them to be open. Yeah. They're going to cover him all the time. I mean that that's how he excels. That's the problem, is when yeah. he just he just runs a straight line route and uses his speed and beats a secondary. And the problem with that is the all the balls are going to be fed to him. He's going to have to run to the ball. The ball's not going to be able to be thrown to him, which requires him to run and catch at the same time, which as we've seen really is not a huge strength of this guy at all. He can catch. I look, I mean, it, he needs to attack the ball at the height um or at, at its apex, I I guess, or at his height. I don't know. I mean, cuz it's not it's not the not peak into geometry here, of its right? travel. Right. But he, uh, not, he would be better that, suited yeah. going up and getting the football. He would be. As opposed to trying to let it drop into his hand, his arms. Mm-hmm. But, I, I mean, his hands haven't been that much of an issue this year. It's really just been the fact he's been covered a lot. Jeremy Curley's been really, really good. He's been Kellen Winslow is still suspended uh, you know, and, and for a couple weeks. So, look, I mean, it, it's going to be troublesome to see the pass, the pass offense in this in this setting, especially against New Orleans. New Orleans is a great defense. They're yeah. not going to be able to pass the ball again. So Saints only allowing be, 17 points. Has a game. to be the run. Yeah, they're good. I mean, yeah. So it's gonna be it's gonna be really tough. I don't know. I don't know. Would you be shocked? Is shocked a strong word to say if the Jets get 17 points? No, I would not be shocked. I would be Even shocked that's if, the the Jets, are if the Jets went for 30. I'd be shocked. <laughs> okay, I'd, I think the whole world would be shocked if the Jets put up 30. No, they well. could put up. They could score three touchdowns. I think so. Against the Saints, do? Yeah, okay. I think I think they can. I I think. I think I could because the Saints usually let in around twenty points. Yeah, I mean the average is seventeen. At least, at least, so at least 20s, two touchdowns and two field yeah. goals. I, th- I, I wouldn't be shocked if they did it. Okay. I'm not saying they will, but I would not be shocked. Okay. I, I, you know, and look, I mean, that's the beauty of it is you have a, a pretty good defense. So that's the good thing, and that's how Mark Sanchez grew, right? Is he yeah. had a very yeah, good defense? Yeah, he did have a good defense around him. So look. You know, as long as Geno Smith is only going to make one mistake, maybe even two mistakes, and uh, they still get points on the board, and the defense is playing up to their potential, I, I look at it, and it's all about the cover corners. I mean, I, I, we'll, we'll go back to that. I mean, it's if they don't. I think Drew play, Brees is going to have a field day. I have the Saints and Drew Brees having a field day, and field day. Uh, I'll pick the Saints. Uh, I'll pick the Saints thirty-eight to uh, thirty-eight to thirteen. So, so you wouldn't be shocked no. if the Jets scored, like, 21 points. If they put another touchdown under that total, I know I would not be shocked. But you don't think they will? No, I, I never <laughs> said they would. I just said I would not I'm be just, surprised. I'm just clarifying. That's just 38-13, Saints. Okay. I'll go 35-10, Saints. I, I, I really just think after what happened last week, uh, it's just going to be way too much. I mean, Andy Dalton looked like Payne Manning out there, so if Andy Dalton's looking that good, who knows what Drew Brees is going to be. And then as – um. As Kelly Coltis has said in our beautiful notes, uh, the the Saints have the best tight end in the league in Jimmy Graham, and the Jets can't cover the tight end position at all. I mean, look what Gronkowski did against them with those 17 grabs. So they really struggle against him. So I think Jimmy Graham's also going to have a huge field day. Uh, so I, I really think it's going to be a long day for Jet fans. It's going to be high scoring for the Saints. And if Geno Smith makes even more than one mistakes – 
the Saints are just going to really take advantage of that. The more times the offense is on the field, obviously just the better they're going to be off and the more points they're going to score. All right, Nolan, so from depressing to still depressing a little bit, it's the Giants. And I'm hearing in the back from uh, Julian Adienza that uh, our beat reporter for the Giants, Eric Malo, is most proud of this report than all his other reports. So now I'm excited. this I'm excited, Giants then. report from WFUV beat reporter Eric Malo is under the microscope. Let, take, let's take a listen. Let's hear it. Two is an interesting number. Derek Jeter wears number two. It takes two to tango. And the Giants have two wins, which means they are two games out of first place. Yes, the two and six Giants are two games out of first place in the horrid NFC East going into their bye week. I never thought I'd say it two weeks ago, but the Giants are in it. On Sunday, they beat the rival Eagles 15-7 in another ugly win. Coach Tom Coughlin knows his team is making strides, but the offense leaves much to be desired. Unfortunately, the, the drives did not finish the way we wanted them to with, with touchdowns. Had we come away with a couple of touchdowns there, I'm sure we would have felt a little bit better about ourselves. The bye didn't exactly come at the right time for the Giants. While they're two games back in the worst division in football, they're still 2-6 and six and have a major hole to climb out of. And when you've made as many mistakes as they have all the way up to this point in the season, I don't think your problems get solved in one sabbatical week. Their pass rush is still suspect, and their secondary continues to be a question mark given how poorly they've played through the first eight weeks of the season. Not to mention, Philadelphia and Minnesota are horrible, and the Giants can only mildly beat them. But Big Blue's defense has improved with the addition of middle linebacker John Beeson, and their offense is finally starting not to turn the ball over. If Akeem Nix can get back in rhythm with Eli, and Andre Brown and Brandon Jacobs bring some fire to the plotting backfield, the Giants could make some noise. With the Seahawks, Cowboys, and Packers coming in the second half, it won't be easy for the G-Men. But it seems like they have a chance to redeem themselves for what has been a non-ideal first half of football. Covering the Giants, I'm Eric Malo, WFUV Sports. It was good. I liked it. It was pretty no, good. I liked it. In- intro was This Giants phenomenal. report is brought to you by the number two. Patrick <laughs> Burns joke. Or da, 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 da. Yeah, so, uh, you know, two two good, tango, good so. intro. And, you know, the music, like the upbeat piano. I can We're giving see, him a critique. I can see Malo, right like, walking down the street, like, smile on his face <laughs> that Giants had won two in a row. And you know what? If they were in they any won't, they other, they won't lose this week. This will be three exa- weeks without yeah, them losing. Three weeks without a loss. Got to get <laughs> high on those Giants. I mean, but for real, if they were in any other division, it'd be over. But because of the division they're in, because of how the Cowboys have been for the past decade or so, and just not getting it done, I it's just tough to count them out. It really is. I mean, two games. The Redskins were out. I think three games in Week Ten. Or week eleven, you Th- know, this, so so right. so crazier things have happened I, for I, sure. I do think that the Giants still have a hard time getting into the playoffs, and here's why: you look at this week, the the Dallas Cowboys play the Minnesota Vikings. So for me, I have to give the the Cowboys the win here. Minnesota's awful. Yeah, yeah, Minnesota's really even bad. though Christian Ponder Who did Minnesota beat Christian Ponder will be shame starting. on that team. Uh, that I mean, the Vikings really, they they could have beaten, and we were talking about this before the show. They could have beaten the Giants. They could have. Oh yeah. If it weren't for Josh Freeman starting, if it were Christian Ponder, that team beats the Giants. 
No, yeah. And no, then I, what, if, if the positive, Giants are definitely. dead in the water right now. I mean, that, that was really the only winnable game that team had. I mean, they've beaten the Steelers. That's it. And the Steelers are not very good. And that also took wow, a lot of the effort. Steelers. They've won 34 How are you feeling right now, Pittsburgh? That's crazy. So, Here's the so the the I think okay. the Cowboys win this week they go to five and four uh-huh. then they're uh, on a bye the next week and that's when the Giants play Oakland and I think the Giants win that game they can win that game I, I, look Briar's very good but Giants uh, they they've won two in a row I, I have a little bit of confidence in them winning that game so say the Giants move to three and six the Cowboys are still five and four they're still two games separating them then the Cowboys play New Orleans I think it's a winnable game don't think they win it. So say they go to five and five, then the Giants play Green Bay, uh, who I don't think they win. No, that, I mean, well, so that's so that's still a well, two game be separation. The first time the Giants have beaten the Packers but, during the season when they weren't supposed to. But there's still two games separating the Giants and the Cowboys. If the games go how they should, mm-hmm. then the Giants play the Cowboys. So, and I think the Cowboys should beat the Giants very easily. So if that happens, if that game is set up. With, with with two games separating the two, which could, which could very well happen, um, and the Cowboys win it, the Cowboys from to me I think knock the Giants out of the race to win the NFC. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if the Giants are gonna have a chance, then they have to beat the right. Cowboys. Right. So I think they if do ev- have to if everything Cowboys. goes according to plan, that game will pretty much make or break the Giants' season, and I don't Without think the doubt. Cowboys will lose. When I look at the schedules, you know, and you broke it down definitely very well, definitely, uh, you know, objectively, and you those are. Those would be the ideal outcomes right, well, of the game. Just how the teams have been performing. Exactly, exactly. Know? But when I look at the schedule, two teams pop off the giant schedule: Packers, Seahawks. They, they, they could definitely, they like, they definitely won't be expected to win those games. I'll put it that way. Where, where if they win yes. those games, would be a shocker. You look at the Dallas schedule. You have Packers, Bears, and Saints. So that's three games compared to two. The, uh, the Bears, that's, that's the Bears will game. have Cutler, but how healthy will he be? But that, they should I'm, have what Cutler. I'm saying is that that's an extra game. And then right. if Giants can beat Dallas, there's that two game swing right there, and then and then you're tied running running for the hills. You, you yeah, know? Well, that's why I said it'll, it'll literally make the yeah, Giants yeah. season. It'll uh-huh. it'll put them right there, or it'll break it. There'll be three games out of first, and then that's it. That, and, you and don't I, have to imagine that. Right. It. So that is. Probably what we're looking at, and again, I mean, nothing this season has gone according to plan. Yeah, so yeah, that that's could very true. Go right down the tubes, but Dallas could beat Packers, Bears, Saints, and then lose the rest of their games. Who the hell knows? But um, <laughs> but, really? but uh, I wanted to ask you this, and maybe open it up to the guys behind the glass. I-, I think Malo, what he was saying in his report was that he didn't think it was good timing that the bye week was now. I think it's really good timing that the bye week is now. Yeah, you got your two wins, but well, they were ugly wins. They were just hanging on. You, you know, the games were never put away. So you head right. into the bye. They, they winning weren't good two. wins. Neither you can, you can figure out what's going on. You can get rested. And then when you do go into the second half of the year, you can surge forward saying, we have just won two games. We are rested. We have a better game plan. Let's move forward. And I would love to hear to, okay. what other people might think, especially especially you, Kenny. Well, t- to me, it schedule-wise doesn't matter because the, the Cowboys have a bye week coming up anyway. Um, it, it, right after the Giants' bye week. To rest, I mean, look, they do have a lot of injuries. Andre Brown could be back soon. Um, you know, So that would be cool to see Andre Brown back in the next two to three weeks because their rushing game has been literally one of the, the third worst in the National Football League. They also have a terrible run defense. JPP is banged up. So, yeah, rest would help this team. Definitely. I definitely agree with that. Um, as, a, as for breaking momentum... Like you said, they have not been playing well. They didn't mm-hmm. score a touchdown last week. They, yeah. they looked awful against goals. Minnesota. Yeah, 
I'm I'm not tr- I'm not trusting this. T- I'm not I'm not seeing a huge momentum exactly. surge exactly. right here. Like all of a sudden if they, they were figured rolling, it out. If they were rolling right. 45 to 10 victories, if they were doing well and then hanging to the bye, it might be a little more subject uh, suspect. But they they were ju- these were not. These were close games. Never right. did these games feel like it was out of hand. Maybe the Vikings game at the end, but that's because Freeman was just so awful. Right. Let's but. put it. Let's put it this way: They've scored two touchdowns in the last two weeks, and they really, to me, won two games they should have won yeah. because the first game it's Minnesota. You have to win that game, and and Josh Freeman in his first start uh, as a Viking in a new offense. I mean, you have to. And then the Eagles. Michael Vick was a hurt, and then he got knocked out of the game. And then you played Matt Barkley for all half, and you have to win that game, yeah. especially yeah. with you know how you, you limited lose Vick. Game. So, uh, to me, I mean, it it wasn't like they shocked us and they completely shocked the world. Why, like if they would beat if they would beat the Saints, for example, yeah. that would be a huge shocker. Or in two or three weeks when they beat the pack, if they beat the Packers, that right. would be a shocker. Yeah, definitely. No, I, I totally agree with that. But um. You know, just if if you think if Philly's done and they're dead in the water, if you think Redskins, if RG three is just not the same way, if they're not a real contending team, and if it comes down to Giants Dallas, then you said it, Kenny. I really think that's the game. With, I really think with the Giants facing two powerful teams, Dallas facing three more powerful teams, that one game would definitely close that two game gap. It would be crazy to see. No, be crazy yeah, to November, see. November 24th, uh, Mark it, it is down. the date. Prediction time. How many interceptions does Eli Manning throw in, in practice this week? <laughs> I don't know. He's got to be making the defense feel really Seriously, good. Though, defense will be feeling Seriously, great. Seriously, though, 15 interceptions, which we'll ask Jim Corbett about in, in just a second. Uh, after this bye week, though, I. I because with the schedule we were laying out for the Giants in in these next four weeks, how do you how do you think it plays out? Do you think the Giants, after playing the Cowboys Week Twelve, are three games or one game or or even two games out of first place? Well, I think that uh, I think they're going to take down the Raiders. You know, I, I losing to the Packers is almost imminent. So uh, you got to think. I think they'll probably be like one game out. All right. I, I can see them being you one game out. You think they'll be one game out? I think they'll be because one that, game out. Because that that'll be the game we we you know we were looking at as a, a, a three games out or one game out scenario. All right. I'll say that the Giants at that point will be three games out. Just how that that is how the world should spin right now. So now we'll shift to the general landscape of the National Football League and welcome in Jim Corbett at by Jim Corbett on Twitter uh, of the USA Today. Jim, how's it going today? Doing well, guys. Can't believe it's halfway through the season already. I know it is yeah, crazy we were to before, think midseason. Yeah, crazy. we'll uh, we'll have to talk about some of our midseason surprises in just a minute here. But first off, I did want to ask about. Geno Atkins, he goes down with an injury last night. That is going to hurt the Bengals in a big way, no, Jim? And and how big? I mean, how is this going to affect the way the Bengals finish out the season? Yeah, well, you look at him as you know the equivalent of a Vince Wilfork in in New England, and uh, maybe bigger based on the way he's been sacking quarterbacks and you know bringing that collapse of that interior pocket. So um, you know he's been as as good as anybody at that position. Um, Sheldon Richardson is having a nice run this year with the Jets, and uh, star Lutelele uh, down in Carolina is playing real well. But uh, Gino has, has been that you know wrecking ball force uh, at defensive uh, tackle that we thought Sue would become in, in Detroit, and uh, you know it has played better and has certainly been disrupted this year. But uh, you know I think it was 13 sacks last year, so um, yeah, it's a huge blow. But um, I think they are still pretty 
well situated, and, and they do have some pretty good depth on that team. So uh, it's going to be more incumbent on Andy Dalton and uh, that offense to do a better job of scoring points and you know carrying the team. But uh, we didn't see that last night with the three picks by Dalton. Now another uh, player who's, who's been in the headlines recently, Alden Smith, he just got activated by the 49ers. Uh, how much of an impact do you think he can still have for this team uh, despite everything that's been going on? Well, he had 19 sacks last year in a situational role, so you think he's back to that situational role and won't be used as you know prominently on first and second down uh, until he gets his you know legs back under him and gets situated in his life. Uh, that's the most important thing with this guy. But uh, you know, uh, you hope it turns around for him, and and certainly he has star quality in terms of getting to the quarterback. So um, he, he brings something extra to the party. There's no question. He's a, a Von Miller type of guy. You know, he gets after people. Um, you know, probably not quite as fast as Vaughn, but he's he's right there in terms of the long, um, you know, lean frame and, and and you know just getting after people. So um, it's a dynamic they've been you know missing, but they've been you know been clicking well uh, offensively, getting back to their running roots. You know, I think it's you know five straight games now and 15 touchdowns, uh, you know, rushing touchdowns during that span. So Harbaugh did a good job of getting get back to what they do best, which is power football behind one of the league's best offensive lines. So you're not overly concerned about his production moving forward despite you know the incident in the car, going to rehab, everything like that. You think he'll be right back to where he left off? I think he, you know, I mean, hey, the guy needed a timeout of his life. And, you know, if they feel, um, obviously, you put the onus on, you know, management, Trent Baalke and um, Jim Harbaugh. And, uh, you know, I think those guys have a pretty good eye for, you know, where a guy is at in his life. Um, you know, some people criticized him for letting them play that game before he went into rehab. But, uh, you know, you, you certainly want to sit down with a guy, look at look, look him in the eye and find out that he's, you know, um, made the right, you know, changes. And, mm-hmm. and hopefully he's Definitely. done that. And uh, we'll find out soon enough. But, um, you know, strictly on a football field, maybe that's the sanctuary and maybe that's where he goes and gets them, you know, 10, you know, 12 sacks. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, Kenny Ducey, Nolan Silbernagle here on One on One's NFL Friday chatting with Jim Corbett of USA Today. Jim, uh, before we move on to our midseason talk here, Des Bryant last week, uh, he, he it looked like he flipped out initially on the sidelines at Jason Witten, Tony Romo, some coaches. You hear a little bit of the audio because some guys were mic'd up on that sideline. It sounded like he was a little more positive than we thought. He said it was positive banter. Jason Witten said he loved playing with him. Is this the kind of competitive guy that you really want on your team, or do you think that what we saw on Sunday was a little bit uh, disruptive? You know, it's a different uh, strokes for different folks, and, you know, different guys show it differently. And, you know, it wasn't the T.O., you know, Donovan McNabb walking away from T.O., you know, who was, you know, probably, you know, yelling at his ear negativity. Um, uh, like you said, once you heard the comments, it, yeah, did it go on too long? Yes. Um, someone, you know, needed to step in, and that's where you saw Jason Witten and um, DeMarcus Ware try to do that to a degree. But, uh, you know, it, when I talked to guys around the league that I spoke to this week, they didn't find it to be that problem where he crossed the line. And, and, and so, it's really on his quarterback to say something, right? And, and you know, Tony didn't, and we didn't see, you know, a confrontational thing. So, um, yeah, I would just, you know, say that this is probably a guy who's got a way of channeling things that, you know, maybe he's got to grow up a little bit and do it in a better way. But, uh, you know, hearing the audio, it, it, um, 
didn't come across to me as being the negativity that a lot of people think. So uh, will it linger? Probably not. You know, and, and let's face it, you know, Dallas Cowboys are a, a star drama team, and so they're used to this kind of stuff. But uh, I didn't think it was egregious in that sense. And, uh, you know, I, I think guys have at least alerted him to the fact that, hey, you know, channel it with your play and uh, do more of it that way. So looking more into midseason talk now, as you said, hard to believe it's here already, but uh, how long do you think the Chiefs can continue, can continue their undefeated run? They're 8-0 right now. So how long do you think that can continue? And then which weak matchup do you think could maybe uh, cause the Chiefs the most problem to maybe end that? Yeah, well, they've struggled the last two weeks with, you know, new quarterbacks with Case Keenum of Houston and uh, barely pulling that one out and, you know, taking, you know, Cleveland's best shot with Jason Campbell, who played really well. So they're, you know, they're – they're 8-0, but they're a flawed 8-0, and, and uh, they're taking that wire walk every week, and, you know, they really have to be at their best. Alex Smith has to protect the ball, and Jamal Charles has to give him 100-plus you know, yards and, you know, combined running and receiving, and, um, you know, Bo has to get healthier and help them more in the downfield passing game, which has been kind of limited, but they're holding teams to 17 points or fewer, and when you do that, you have a chance to win. That's what New Orleans is doing this year so well on defense. So, to me, they've got some portable elements that you know, can help you go deep in the postseason, you know, when the weather turns. And certainly we know, you know, the Super Bowl will be outside this year in Giant Stadium. Are they going to get there? Well, you know, probably not in the sense that they got Peyton Manning and the Denver Broncos up, you know, to the next, you know, three weeks, I think it is. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll find out where they really stand. Can they go toe-to-toe with an elite quarterback? That's the question with Alex Smith. But we forget, you know, he brought San Francisco to the NFC Championship game two years ago. So he's a pretty good quarterback, probably better than, you know, most people think. Um, the question is, do you need that hot quarterback like a Joe Flacco uh, to go throw you 11 touchdowns and no interceptions in a postseason? We've seen that be more the norm for the teams that have won Super Bowls the last few years. So um, I think that's where they might be wanting a little bit. But, you know, it's a good team. Andy Reid's done a coach of the year job. Uh, hiring Bob Sutton, his defensive coordinator, former Army coach, uh, Jet, uh, defensive coordinator under Rex Ryan. It was a great hire and, um, you know, probably the assistant of the year right now. So, Jim, you know, obviously the Chiefs are one of the more surprising stories of the season. You look at – you went on a training camp tour and you look at the Giants and maybe Minnesota, uh, even St. Louis. I mean, uh, Pittsburgh, all these teams that had some high hopes for the season didn't get it done. Who's the most disappointing team this year to you? You know, to me it's the Giants based on having seen them when we talked, Kenny. You know, they looked legit to me. They looked like they would be a, a force to be reckoned with uh, in, you know, what I thought would be, you know, a scramble for the NFC East. Now I think it's probably either the Cowboys or um, I just don't like the, the Eagles without a quarterback, but uh, maybe the Redskins if they can get their mojo back and their running game going. But it's probably the Cowboys. But, hey, I mean, you know, Jerry Reese said this week you know, that, that they can get back in it. Can they? You know, realistically, probably not because they haven't been playing at that high level. Uh, I do like the addition of John Beeson. It shows something was missing there at their linebacker unit. Uh, you know, they've gotten some great leadership and play from him. So that was a great addition by them. Um, you know, and I think Tom Coughlin, you know, was underrated for the job that he's done in keeping that team together. Um, the tight end's been disappointing. Brandon Myers uh, and Hakeem Nix is a 
has been flat disappointed with no touchdowns. So um, obviously the injuries in the offensive line are a mitigating factor. And Jason Pierre-Paul coming off a back injury, we all should have probably known that you know you wouldn't expect too much from him this year. So um, you know I think they are a disappointment in the sense that they had the high hopes of being that first team uh, to be a home Super Bowl team with you know the MetLife Super Bowl this year in, in February. I mean, and Jim, you look at Eli Manning, who you didn't mention, 15 interceptions. I mean, what do you think is going on with him? Obviously, he was pressing, you know, I mean, trying to make up for, you know, the. I think the biggest failing has been David Wilson. You know, that's mm. the guy that was supposed to be the answer when they moved on from, you know, Ahmad. Uh, uh, you know, they, they moved on from the running back. And, and so uh, I just felt that he fell flat and put more pressure on Eli to carry the team. He pressed. He tried to do too much. And, you know, let's face it, um, you know, 15 interceptions. He was, you know, forcing passes that he normally shouldn't. And uh, he wasn't helped out by his receivers. I mean, there's no question that Akeem has had, you know, six drops in a contract year. And is he, you know, pressing and worried about his contract? Sure. Um, so, you know, all those factors played into it. Uh, losing Snee is a big blow. He's that, you know, that anchor, that leader, and um, you just hope that his career is not over uh, based on, you know, that that injury. But uh, yeah, Eli has, you know, come out of the tailspin. He stopped forcing the ball, and uh, you know, I, I think that was the biggest thing in terms of uh, what he needs out of that running game to be an efficient downfield passer is that play action, and he didn't have that with David Wilson not living up to uh, expectations. So talking about players that have not been living up to expectations, let's switch it over to who has lived up to these expectations and who is your midseason MVP? Yeah, right now, I mean, it's pretty obvious. The guy in Denver, um, number 18, you know, how many touchdowns? I think it's 29, and uh, what he's on pace for. So, um, you know, it's been record production, and those guys have been breaking all sorts of records. And now that they got Von Miller back, you know, you, the one thing you do wonder is the two, you know, tackles who have been banged up. I guess they'll get Franklin back if Clady's gone for the season. How is that going to affect them against the likes of, you know, if they go see San Francisco in the Super Bowl and Alden Smith is back, he's that guy capable of, you know, wreaking havoc when you don't have a left tackle. So they have to dedicate a tight end. And, you know, Julius Thomas is not good as a blocker. So uh, they do have their flaws. But, you know, Wes Walker has certainly been the best, you know, slot receiver that Peyton's ever had. He's got you know, diverse weapons. You'd probably like to see the running game be a little bit better. But um, they've done a pretty good job. Uh, without Champ Bailey, um, you know, for part of the time. So, um, like I said, I think these two head-to-head matchups with the Chiefs are going to be really interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they sweep both of them, then, you know, I think this is the favorite team to go win the AFC. But if they split, uh, it'll be interesting. So, so if they split, then they're not your clear favorites, really? Yeah, so, you know, it'd be interesting just the, the style of fights. You yeah. know, can, you know, that – a takeaway and, you know, dominant sacking, you know, Chiefs defense. They've got 36 sacks. They're on pace to tie the 85 Bears with 72. That's the best in history. So yeah, I think they're real that way. Um, they've got Justin Houston and, and Tom Bahali and Don Terry Poe, who I forgot to mention, is a surprising guy who's played great inside, um, you know, for, for the Chiefs. He's been phenomenal. And before we let you go, Jim, I mean, you know, you look at that division and San Diego's 4-3. and three. I mean, could we see three teams come out of that division and go into the playoffs to San Diego for real. 
Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I would say, you know, it's going to be on Baltimore now to make a run here. They've got two division games with Cleveland this weekend, and uh, they play Cincinnati next weekend. So that's a team I think we have yet to hear from. They're coming off a, a well time by. Ray Rice is getting healthy. Um, I just like more the sustainability of uh, the balance of the defense that they have, the Ravens, as opposed to the Chargers, uh, with too many weapons and an older Dwight Freeney. Um, you know, I, I just think you've got Suggs, you've got Doomerville, um, you know, Chris Canty has been a nice addition there, Haloti Nada. I just like that front seven better. So that would be a team I would look to to be a wild card over the, over the Chargers. He has covered the NFL for 25 years. He's over at the USA Today. He is Jim Corbett at by Jim Corbett with two T's on Twitter. Jim, thanks so much for some time today and enjoy some football. Thanks a lot, Jim. Hey, Kenny Nolan. Thanks for having me. Enjoy the weekend. You too. And uh, enjoy you know, just, the second half of football. Yeah, the right? second, half, second of football half of football already is, is coming up. I I can't believe it, frankly, that we've come this far in the NFL. Uh, it seems like just yesterday that we were all surprised at. Well, first of all, I mean, I actually looking at the standings, you know, you look at the Bills. Remember the Bills with EJ Manuel, that comeback win yeah, against the been Panthers. So many stories this NFL and, season. And now, right, and now they really are have. are down in the dumps, at three and five in the AFC East. The Giants, of course. Huge Remember early on in the year, it was okay. When are they going to get that win? You know, okay, they're zero and three, but they're going to win this week. Yeah, they're win oh, this week. they have to be Carolina. Now it's two and six, yep. right? I mean, all these, Very you know, uh, uh, you know, Pittsburgh is two and five. I mean, all these teams really that now at the middle of the season you can look a- and assess these teams correctly, you know, and say, okay, now we know that Pittsburgh's a pretender. You know, now we know that then, you know, maybe San Diego is a contender yeah. at this uh, point. I mean, you, uh, you still need a few more weeks with a few of these teams, but I mean, it, it, they're starting to separate themselves. And, and then another team, you know, the Falcons. We, you know, we keep forgetting right. about that. Just absolutely. Matt I, Ryan I mean, threw people, four people interceptions. Went, you know, they I, lost yeah, to the Cardinals. Yeah, the Cardinals. You, you don't do that if you're Matty Ice. You the don't Cardinals see him right four now. Four picks, but I mean. Everyone talks about the Giants, and yeah, I mean, 0-6 was an awful start, but, you know, let's be clear, this wasn't a playoff team last year. The Falcons, they they very easily could have gone to the Super Bowl last they were, year. I right. mean, everyone For a was while, really they, they were the them. best team Yeah, they football. were the best team. They were dominant. They did lose to the And now they're losing Jones, to the Cardinals. And they lost Steven Jackson. Well, the Cardinals, I was about to say, they're 4-4. Four and four. I mean, are the Cardinals surreal right now? You, uh, and that's also interesting Chris because— Venezia, let's see. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, who was an Arizona native, if you did not know. <laughs> you have Larry Fitzgerald on that team, who they've said doesn't want to— well, the trade deadline passed with no trades, which we, we should have mentioned at the top of the show. Or no, large trades. Um, he said he wanted to stay, and he is staying in Arizona, at least for the year. You bring in Carson Palmer, a veteran. You have Rashard Mendenhall, a, a veteran. And yeah. then Andre Ellington from Clemson, a late-round draft pick coming out and really, really looking good last week. I mean— there's some, you know, some good stories on this team. Maybe they're for real. Real quick before we move on to our fantasy segment here, Nolan, your MVP for the year, if it weren't Peyton Manning, because I think we're both consensus Peyton Manning for MVP supporters. Am I wrong? No, yeah, it has, yeah. Like I said, you know, you just want to hear the professional come out and say it with the MVP. Uh, it's not just the fans or just regular people who are just saying, "Oh yeah, Peyton Manning." No, Peyton Manning really has just been unbelievable this this whole entire year and uh it really started in that week one but you know I, i'm really gonna have to go with uh drew Brees just because of how you know the saints again they weren't a good team last year you know and you know you might look into maybe the coach i was thinking of that you know it, it was the coach that makes the biggest difference uh Peyton there but um 
you know, I'm always impressed when a team is able to have such a good turnaround. And Breeze, you know, he's been there for the good years. He's been there for the bad. You know, cre- credit is given when credit's due. And, you know, he's been torching teams. And, uh, you know, a late second win by the Patriots is the only thing stopping them from being 7-0. and So you could look at them as being the best team in the NFC. And he's the best player on that team. So, you know, if it – if it's not going to be paying, you know, runner-up, you could definitely look at Breeze. Yeah, I think Drew Breeze is for sure the the number two pick there. I mean, I I also could see people taking Tom Brady here for MVP. Uh, I, that's tough for me just because he hasn't been good. Nah, yeah, yeah. It, this team has been good, and he's the quarterback, but he hasn't been really that great this year. So yeah, if it's not and like yeah, if, if, he, had if it's a lot, not, he lost a lot of pieces, but at the same time, you know, you got to got to rise above that. Well, that, but that's know? that is the the most impressive thing to me about Aaron Rodgers. B- before we get on here, I, you know, when you look at what he did last week, he's he's shredding yeah. out there with Jordy Nelson and and a, a waiver and that's wire it, pickups. That's it. Literally yeah. Jordy Nelson and everyone yeah, else. Yeah, really. his tight end is out. His two starting receivers are out. I mean, he has no one, and he is out there shredding defenses. Yeah. So you know, and you look at Drew Brees, same thing. He's got a rookie in Kenny Stills who, who is talented, but he's a rookie. And Lance Moore's out. He's not even throwing the ball to Marcus Colston, his top target. Yeah. And he's out there, you know, cutting up defenses. And Tom Brady's having a rough go of it. I mean, he's really relied on Steven Ridley a few times and even Brandon Bolden to score, you know, a few times in this season. But, again, he still is going to, you know, Aaron Dobson, but he's not making Aaron Dobson look like what, you know, Aaron Rodgers is making, making Jordy Nelson J- look like. Jared Boykin look yeah, like. Yeah. Jordy Nelson, we've known, is good. But Jared Boykin is coming out of nowhere right yeah. now and looking like a stud. Definitely. So, and dark horse for me, Richard Sherman, honestly, for Seattle, because I think that they're seven and one, and I'm I point to Richard Sherman as the reason they're seven and one, and he's the leader of that defense, and the defense in general is the reason yeah. I think that they're that good. No, yeah, Russell definitely. Wilson's been good. Marshawn, uh, they, Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson have been up and down, and I've never been that high in Russell Wilson yet. So for me, I, th- I think dark horse for MVP. If Going it weren't Peyton defense. Manning, in a yeah, world yeah, yeah. where a it world... weren't Peyton Manning, would be rich. <laughs> world where Richard Peyton Manning couldn't but... win the award, definitely. And rookie of the year, I mean, on both sides of the ball, definitely Sheldon Richardson. Yeah, definitely. Has to be. <laughs> so we're midway through the season, and in fantasy football, we've got Chris Venezia on top of one division. Uh, and Bobby and I, 5-3 and three right there. The Nasty Nolans, 4-4, four and four, looking like the New York Jets right now. We're all in the same division here. Who's going to come out on top? It's time for a little bit of fantasy football. And the man you love to, or Nolan, loves to hate, Bobby Gubin. It's time for some fantasy football talk. Who are the best picks around the NFL? Plus, start them and sit them to help you win your league. Because did you, you see have Matt, did you see in. Matt Barkley? Yes, he's I saw terrible. Matt he's awful. He's awful. Well, that There's person... no way they're gonna bring him in. What if Michael Vick no pulls way. his hammy? If he gets hurt, Michael Vick will uh... keep him. If Michael Vick got his like leg chopped off, they'd probably say, you know what? Just Mike, I know you're, you're in a lot it. of pain, but play on I one stump Alex and, and been throw the ball this year. Matt Barkley is terrible, and Nick Foles is not available. Michael Vick's not leaving that game. He will not leave that game. He will not leave that game. Okay. Guarantee. Okay. Unless he's knocked out cold, he's not leaving that game. Michael Vick will not leave wow. the game. And for everyone. This stems from this was stemming from a question that Nolan uh, asked to Bobby because I think he thinks Bobby is the fantasy 
guru. Ticket Oak yeah, or something you know, like that over a, he's here. He's supposed to be the fancy He guru. says, should I start Michael Vick or, or Alex, Alex Smith? Smith? And Nolan says... You're cr- he said. He, uh, Bobby says Michael Vick. No one says you're absolutely insane if you think Michael Vick's not going to get hurt. Because you know you basically asked him on the premise: Is Michael Vick going to get knocked out? Can I trust Michael Vick to be in the game the whole time? And uh, y- you couldn't. No, I know you couldn't. And uh, y- y- you know, um, just to even put more background to this happy go lucky story that we got here, uh, I was taking on Kenny Dijon. Uh, who who is now eight and eight, zero? No, that, eight he, and that is he's, he's far and away the I, I, far I, I, and away the best team to, in the league. To put to put uh, to, to say what Bobby Gubin always says, I outscored the league this week. Except I won. So, <laughs> thank you, Kenny. But Kenny Dijon eight and zero. Um, so I was facing him when he was seven and zero. Big matchup for me. Uh, the big question was: Do I start Vic, who was fresh off the injury, against the Giants, or Alex Smith, who's going against the Browns? And you know, I was leaning towards Alex Smith. I wasn't too sure. So I asked our fantasy guru, and Bobby Gubin comes out, and he forcefully says, Michael Vick. Crazy not to start Michael Vick. He will torch the Giants. Giants are bad. Browns have a good defense, blah, 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 blah. So just keep in mind, folks, uh, Michael Vick gets me minus one points. Uh, Alex Smith gets me 21 points on the bench, and I lose to Kenny Dijon by 20-some points. And I would have given him his first loss if I had started Alex Smith. And with that, we introduce Bobby Gubin. Bob, Bobby, you know you're three and one on the road in fantasy. You know that, right? Yeah, because three and one road on matchups. Road. Yeah, I was just looking at the records right fans. now. You are. All right, let me begin by I will apologize that things didn't turn out the way that they, I guess, should have. Um, Michael Vick was pulled, uh, and he. You lost as a result of that, so I will apologize for that. But let's let's die. Let's go into this a little bit. Let's diagnose. That was exactly your apology. That was the apology I've been waiting. All five right. Days what do you for. want me to say, Nolan? I want you to say be as apologetic as confident as you were last week that Michael Vick won't get pulled. Same way. I want. I, I want. All right. Tears but all right. All right. Let's let's go through this argument. Okay. And then afterward, if you still think it's it's, I'm full of it. Then I will. I don't think you do. Okay. All right. Let's, let's so, end okay. It. So, do you, the Eagles were still alive in that division, correct? Right? Everybody's alive in that division. That division's crazy. Mm, I don't know. I don't know about that. You could say they are. You could, yes. you argument's could, sake. Yeah. Argument's sake. Argument's sake. You could are. say they, they were in that division. They're playing a division opponent. Michael Vick started the game. Started the game. If he was that hurt, they thought he wasn't going to finish the game. Well, my guess is they weren't the going game. to start the But my guess is they would not have start. I did not think they would start him and then pull him. Because the minute they put Matt Barkley we all in, know that. the minute they, they put Matt that. Barkley in, they knew the game was over. They had to have. They had to have known the game was over. And to me, that right there, probably they they said, forget this year. Forget this year when they put Matt Barkley in there. Because if they... It was still a close game. Right. They leave Vic in there. Even if, even if it's a hobbled Mike Vic, if they leave a hobbled Mike Vic in there, they have a chance to beat the Giants. We've all seen how bad the Giants you know, have been this year. They still have a chance to beat the Giants. They still have a chance in the division. Now it's a lot harder. A lot harder. So, honestly, I, I'm stunned that Chip Kelly said, eh, we'll wait for next year. All right, I'll touch you, believe it or not, without further ado. Because I know so, you guys. So wait. So do you still want the, me? The, the you still tension, want me to, you could cut to, the tension. To apologize. With, 
I'll decide at the end of the show. Let's, okay. let's do Bobby's Believe It. Okay. You can, talk, you can cut the tension with a knife right now. I mean, you were just staring. You're, you look that, like you're That's about not the apology right I now, wanted. So. That's all I'm going to say. Um, well, all right. You know what? Because, guys, that move, that single-handed, that, at the that same single time, quarterback Nolan, move. At the same time, why are you taking advice from this man over here? Because he's our football guru. Okay, but, but you, why you, are you did using you, did him you think as, my as logic scripture was right here? Poor? Did you, that, that's the only thing that's, I mean, look, I'm I sorry. I'm sorry. Answer. Honestly, I'm sorry. I can't believe I'm uh, seeing that one I told grown you to man. Start a grown, grown, a grown I, I'm man. sorry I told you to start the wrong guy. This is a grown I, I mean, man over here apologizing happen. to at, another grown man for giving him bad advice on fantasy football, which is fake. Things don't work out how you want them to. I'm sorry I gave you bad advice. But I would also argue that every advisor... Now and again, doesn't always it's give true. the best and advice. And you know what? Before I did to say, Bobby does have a very tough job. I still, it is, I it still, is easy to look back. I, I, and I still cannot believe that, like you, like I'll ask Bobby for right. advice sometimes, but I'll be like, all right, you know, he, he thinks I should start, yeah, you know, just, Kobe Flanner over Mar- right. Martellus Bennett. That's just that, that was not a suggestion last week. That, that was that's a true. That's true. I was a little. You're I, right. I, I okay. You were just like, um, yeah, I guess. But that's you could also because I think Alex. I honestly think Alex Smith is a terrible quarterback. Okay, but for my two cents before we move on, I think you started. Michael Vick, and I think you knew that Michael Vick wasn't going to finish the game, and I think that I think that you just started him so that way you could yell at Bobby this week. Just, I'm not, just I'm so not could, mean like that. But you could prove him right <laughs> or wrong. Let's, let's All right, the All right. Let's moving go. on to believe it or not, everybody on the waiver wire is talking about Marvin Jones. Eight catches, 122 yards, and four TDs against the Jets two weeks ago. Of course, he only had four catches and 66 yards uh, last night. Um I don't believe it. Look, I I know they like him in Cincy, and I, I, I think they're going to use him more. He just doesn't get enough plays. He in Against the Jets, he was only on the field for 18 of 47 offensive snaps. 18, I mean, that's not, that's not a lot. And he doesn't even play in two wide receiver sets. So, yeah, I just think going forward, he's at best a decent flex play. Uh, Kenny Stills, three catches, 129 yards, two TDs. Kenny, somehow, I think you keep manipulating the waiver order. Him, man. I'm just gonna say, I don't no, know, no, man. You don't Commissioner, have waiver order. You, don't you have always it. seem to be. I haven't made a claim for for three weeks now. So I don't know. that's what you do. I don't know. You gotta I'm wait. I have to go back and yeah, fact check that. Yeah, pick your spots. That's all I know. But uh, I do believe in Kenny Stills. Look, he's Drew Brees' favorite deep ball guy. Uh, we've seen a bunch of guys over starting the years, him this week, actually. You know, Robert Meacham, all these guys. Makes guys that are not so good, but he throws in the deep ball, so they end up being uh, good. I think he's a good flex play going forward. Uh, Andre Ellington, running back on the Cardinals, ran for 154 oh, yards and a TD. I absolutely believe it. They're done with Richard Mendenhall. They don't believe in him at all, and they, Ellington's the guy. He's going to get most of the carries. Uh, Mike Tolbert, 35 rushing yards, four catches, 29 yards, and a TD. Look, he's... A flex machine. He's a flex machine. He's good goal line machine. He's a goal line machine, and he's chances okay. are good for a score. You know, every game, and, and, and that's all you can ask for. Like the yards, you have no idea what you're going to get out of total. You can get five yards in a TD, or you can get sixty yards in a TD. You don't know, but just for the fact that he has a fifty over fifty percent chance of scoring a TD in every game, I think going forward, he's he's a good flex play. Last but not least, Aaron Dobson, four catches, sixty yards, and a TD. I don't, I don't believe in that Patriot offense anymore. I did going into the season. I thought the rookie receivers were going to be a little bit better than they were. 
I, I'm also stunned at Tom Brady. I'm stunned at Tom Brady. I, I he's just not looked like himself. I never bet against him. I know his uh, his hand has been swollen, but uh, that's good news for me. I'm facing Tom Brady this I, week, so. I just he's who would he's ever start look like Brady. a shell of himself. Just bet against Tom Brady. <laughs> I'm just I'm just kidding though. I mean, so uh, moving on to I was maybe starting not this <laughs> I w- not this week though. No, I no, start him this I would week. agree. I'm not. He's on my. I do, he's one of the QBs I don't like I'd this start, week. I'd start T. Pryor <laughs> over Tom Brady. Uh, so moving on to QBs I like this week. Tony Romo against Minnesota. Look, Minnesota's defense is one of the worst in the leagues. Uh, Philip Rivers against Washington. Same thing. Uh, Terrell Pryor against Philly. Look, Philly's just, they're awful now. 24th. And uh, Nick Foles is, is going to be starting. I think to Terrell QBs. Pryor is going to, he ran for over a nine, 100 yards a 93 last week. 93-yard yeah. touchdown run last Yeah, on and I think, he passes, I think he passes more than the 88 yards he did last week. He is, um, he, can we just, he is ridiculous um, <laughs> as a rookie. I mean, he is he is a little uh, under the Cam Newton echelon of rookie QB. Yeah, but Cam in Newton can pass the ball way better than Terrell Pryor can. Terrell Pryor can, uh, yes, that's why I'm saying he is a little underneath yeah. the Cam Newton echelon. But he's he's maybe even better running the ball in terms again fantasy oh, yeah, fantasy I mean, fantasy yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. in yeah. terms of getting you points. Yeah. I think he is, yeah. is not for just actual NFL underneath. production. Yeah, you yeah. mean yeah. for fantasy production, right? Because okay. I mean Cam Newton is 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 uh, first year in the NFL. I mean he was a fantasy stud, and yeah. I mean that's yeah. what Terrell Pryor looks like he's turning into. Anyway, continue. I don't know if I'm ready to anoint him yet, but uh, QBs I don't like. Tom Brady against Pittsburgh. There you go. Uh, no idea about the offense. I have. I just have no idea. I have no idea what that offense is going to do going forward. The only person I would say you have to start on that offense is Gronk. Everybody else, it's, it's a flip of a yeah. coin. Every, you really don't know. Uh, I don't like Nick Foles against Oakland. It's not just because I'm going up against him this week. Uh, he looked awful before he came out with a concussion against Dallas. Uh Oakland's defense is better than Dallas, so I I think he has a bad game. Matt Ryan in Carolina, it's a tough game in Carolina. And Carolina's good defense. That's about it. I just I mean you have to start Matt Ryan. Odds are you don't have a better option, but I had, expect a. I had you know, a guy ask me for advice game. last night about Matt. He 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 actually had to start Andy Dalton over Matt Ryan, which we all know how that turned out. So that uh, stinks. <laughs> I didn't yeah. advise that. I advised. Yeah, I, I don't think I would have advised Andy Dalton. He said. Uh, he said Greg Olson or Charles Clay. And I said a guy go with Olson. So yeah, yeah I was yeah. right there. Okay, running Correct. backs. I like uh, Darren McFadden against Philly. Philly's defense is bad. Uh, Le'Veon Bell against New England. I think Pittsburgh's going to look to really run the ball, and New England's can been I, really I, struggling without I, Vince Wilfork. I have to interrupt right now. Just uh, and obviously this is going to be old news by the time you're listening to this. But Justin Blackman suspended indefinitely. Substance abuse policy. By really? The just, just, just came just across the wire. Wow! 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 Big so news. That's that's, uh, that's rough. That's rough. Out for fantasy, for fantasy, who are you picking up, Bobby? I mean, you do, Jack- you have, do you have Blackman? No, I don't have Blackman. Oh, okay, so, but so I mean, but if you have Blackman, if you have Blackman, I mean, the guys you mentioned, Kenny Stills. Yeah, just try to scrape for those guys. Yeah, Kenny if, if Stills. You, if you can't scoop a, a Stills or Marvin Jones, something like that. Yeah, I mean, who who, who would you go for? Um, I mean Marvin Jeremy Jones. Cur- Jeremy Curley. Jeremy is Curley. Awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. A good, that yeah. is a good option. Stephen Hill. You know, so, somebody right. that plays a lot, even though they're not great. Yeah, you know, those would be good. Cecil options. Shorts. Odds are people own Cecil Shorts in the league. Plus, he's been kind of. Yeah. I mean, the Jaguars' offense, other than uh, Maurice Jones-Drew, is laughable. Let's yeah. be honest. And yeah. you know, and Justin Blackman, but he's gone now. Um. The last running back I do like this week is Ben Tate against Indianapolis. He's done for the season, just so you know. That's what that means. I know. Yeah. So that's I crazy. Know. It's it's nuts. Uh, yeah. But I think 
Arian Foster's banged up. I think they're going to get Ben Tate. I think he yeah, ends he's up getting start, more of the carries. He's starting Ben he's Tate's start, yeah, like game yeah. time decision. So, or, uh, excuse me, Arian Foster's game yeah, time decision. Yeah. Running backs I don't like. Pierre Thomas and Darren Sproles. Kenny, you can tell them why. I think everybody knows why if they're listening to this. They're going to get up against the Jets. Great run defense. <laughs> uh, Mike James in Seattle, same thing. And I don't believe in Mike James. I mean, I think he he's okay. Bobby Rainey He's okay, time. but I, I just – I don't like him in Seattle, especially in Seattle, because Seattle is a tough place to play, and that defense transforms in that stadium. Uh, Steven Jackson against Carolina, I think, is another tough matchup. I I, I think Steven Jackson, it's going to be frustrating going forward because he, he hasn't been able to do better than Michael Turner, and I think a lot of people thought he would be better than Michael Turner. You know, they saw what he did in that Atlanta offense, and they just they can't run the ball. They can't run the ball effectively, and it's sad. It really is. All right, wide receivers I like this week. Terrence Williams against Minnesota. It's four TDs in a row. Got to believe he gets a fifth. Uh, Keenan Allen against Washington. Uh, Washington's, oh, my God, they're terrible. Kenny Stills, hate to say it, but I, I, I think the Jets are probably going to give up at least one deep ball, and I think he ends up catching one. Okay. Uh, wide that's rec- a fair, yeah, that's wide a receivers assessment. I don't like. Torrey Smith against Cleveland. I, I'm a big believer in Joe Hayden. Uh, Dwayne Bowe against Buffalo. I honestly wouldn't start Dwayne Bowe at all going forward. I have him in one of my leagues, and it's just a shame. It's a crying shame. Uh, Julian Edelman against Pittsburgh. I think he's done. He's not getting the targets that he was getting anymore with Amendola, Gronk, with all too many, too many mouths to feed on that offense. Uh, tight ends I like, Martellus Bennett against Green Bay. I think even with Josh McCown at quarterback, they're going to look. He's, tight ends a safety blanket, and Bennett's been high, high in targets. I think he's second behind uh, Jordan Cameron in targets within the 10-yard line, the opponent's 10-yard line. Uh, Jason Witten against Minnesota. He's been having a rough couple of weeks, but Minnesota's terrible. I think he... He straightens it out this it's week. It's a really good thing I didn't trade for Jason Witten last week because I had well, Rob Hausler and he got like one point and I still outscored the league. So yeah, Calvin Johnson, I actually you. just uh, made a trade with Julian. Hopefully, if he if maybe. He's, yeah. Ooh. By the way, Bob, yeah. would you be we got a would you be here. proud of this pickup, James Starks, running back? No, I wouldn't yeah. be proud of that pickup. My, I mean, my, it, uh, my other running back I'm options not going are David Wilson and saying, "Hey, mom, I picked." I mean, right now I have Wilson and Marcel Reeves. Right now I'm not starting another running back. That's all I have. No, I'm I, not I mean, starting James Starks. Right now, I have, I have, I literally have no one else. I have no one else right now. Like, I'm like, leaving they, the like, running they, back like, slot empty, empty right now. Like, yeah, like we're, so, okay, come on. He's I know, I know, he's better slot. than empty. We, I'm before, just saying. Before we get to the the, the defenses or whatever, are, the you, tight are ends. you done? Tight ends. You just got tight ends uh, that I don't like. Okay, I'll bring up after. Yeah. Go okay. Ahead. I don't like Jared Cook against Tennessee. I think Jared Cook's he's done with Kellen Clemens and no no more Sam Sam Bradford. And I think Tony Gonzalez has a bad game against Carolina because they're going to target him, and they have good linebackers, and I think they can cover Tony Gonzalez better than most teams. Okay. Zach Stacy. Can we can we please talk about how great Zach Stacy has been? He he's been phenomenal, and his yards per carry average top the runner. Roof. I think it's I think I read somewhere that he's averaging two point one yards per carry after contact, which is crazy. Yeah, because two yard carrying guys for two yards after contact is. And he had 134 yards against Seattle, who's one of the top five run defenses in a, a, as it uh, per, pertains to fantasy in yeah. the league. Yeah, which is nuts. Um, and I am so glad I picked him up because now Bilal Powell is a pass catching back, which we're in PPR, so it still counts. But now I can start Stacy and Matthews flex Kenny Stills, and there you go. So it's cool. It's cool stuff. It's All cool. right. Okay. Uh, well, <laughs> last week it was Hakeem picks. This time it is. Well, Jason Picks plays for the Yankees, or used to, but I guess we'll just go with that one. 
Let's look into the crystal ball for some weekly NFL predictions. The music returns and our predictions return. Last week, we all had two correct predictions. Uh, I was the only one to know the upset, Oakland over Pittsburgh. Yeah, what an upset. Yeah, what, an, what a huge, <laughs> huge <ridiculous>. upset. First <laughs> game up, we, are, we, we picked Jets New Orleans. I didn't pick Jets you, Who do you have? Jets, baby. They're my upset pick, too, so I'm doubling up. We're doubling, doubling up. up. I'm doubling last up. We all saw how that went I'm, last week. I know, but I'm riding the Geno roller coaster. I'm ready. No I'm ready to come no back from the, from the bottom. You just I'm, ripped I'm on them last week for doing it. I know. I know. But oh I, my I, goodness. I can't help What is going on around here? I, really I didn't believe the in any of the other options. <laughs> behind op- the glass. Who you guys got? All right, guys. I got Not all at once. Suits. I'm sorry. I can't go with the Jets again. Turn the, turn the mic up. All right, so Kelly said Saints. The same thing, guys. Got to go New Orleans. I'm going with Gang Green, the Jets, Geno Roller Coaster. We're coming back. Oh, man, I, I got to stick with New Orleans here. Ravens and the Browns is the next game up, uh, neither of which have been spectacular this year. I will continue my pursuit in not picking Joe Flacco, and I'll go with the Browns. I also, fun fact, dressed up as a Browns fan last night, bought a $15 Colt McCoy jersey from TJ Maxx, and wore a brown paper bag over my head. That was my costume. I actually do like that costume. That's pretty entertaining. Uh, you know, Ravens, they're, they're not that good this year, but neither have been the Browns, uh, so I'm going to have to go with Baltimore. Yeah, same. I'm, I'm going to go with Baltimore. Just the Browns haven't proven enough to me. Back. All right, I got to go with Baltimore here. I got to go against you, Kenny. Joe Flacco all the way. Yeah, same. Baltimore. Cleveland hasn't shown me enough yet. Uh, I really want to pick the Browns, but I need to get wins in my column, so I'm going to pick the Ravens. That solidifies my pick of the Browns. And, of course, the Browns one-point underdogs. This is a very, very even matchup here. Steelers and the Patriots and Jim Nance. You could bet your bottom dollar he's going to be on the call of that one. Uh, I got the Patriots here. Can't bet against Tom Brady. Going to go Patriots. I'm really not huge on the Steelers. Look, the Patriots looked terrible last week, but they don't lose at home. It's ridiculous their winning percentage at home. So you have to go with the Patriots almost every time when they're at home. I agree with you, Bobby. Definitely got to go Patriots at home here. Got to go New England. I think Tom Brady comes out like a man on a mission with all the talk about And he is, of course, a Patriots fan. The Patriots fan (laughs) takes the Patriots. Give me Rob Ninkovich and the Patriots. Rob Ninkovich with the tackle. Chargers, Redskins. RG3, he looked pretty good for the first half last week, which was weird because usually a second-half quarterback against the Broncos. Broncos stole it away. Meanwhile, the Chargers, they're 4-3. Are they the real deal? I think this is the best game of the week, and I'm going with RG3 and the Redskins. Wow, that's interesting because uh, I didn't think anyone else was going to be doing this. But, yeah, I think Chargers, you know, it's always hard to go West Coast, East Coast. Skins are home. I'm going to go Redskins. I, I think both defenses are terrible, but I, I think I like the Chargers defense better than the Redskins defense, and I like Phillip Rivers this year better than RG3, so I'm going with the Chargers. All right, let's go to the back. Give me RG3, guys. Redskins all the way this game. Got to go Washington at home. Give me the Chargers, Phillip Rivers. I can't uh, believe let's, o- say, let's put it a two-minute drill fourth quarter. Bring him back. Oh, my God. I can't believe only two people went with the Chargers. And same thing with uh, the uh, the Browns and the Ravens. I mean, that's those are two pretty even matchups and yeah. two lopsided picks on our part. Uh, Atlanta and Carolina. I said Matt Ryan would throw for one touchdown last week and lose. I was right. I say Cam Newton throws for two, runs for one, and the Panthers beat the Falcons. Nolan. 
Yeah, uh, Colanta is really not looking too good right now, so you gotta go with the Panthers. Uh, they're home. They've, they're just a better team than the Falcons this Cold year. Atlanta. I think it's closer than the seven and a half point line that yeah. it's, it's at a right huge now. Line. Yeah. But I, I gotta go with Carolina. In the back. Alright guys, that's my upset pick of the week. I'm going with Atlanta here. Roddy White's practicing again. I, Matt Ryan we, gets some targets back. Pick? I gotta go. So, so, you, so Kelly's doubling up again. That worked really well for you last you know week. No, no, Every, Bobby's I think doubling up this time, too. I, why why are we – that's, that's not a thing. You can't do that. Jeez. I got to go Carolina, guys. I don't trust Atlanta anywhere, especially on the road. <laughs> Good point. Give me yeah. hot Atlanta because Mike <laughs> Smith's job is uh, – he's on the hot seat. So, give me hot Atlanta. They're going to play for him. Oh, they are. They are so cold Atlanta right now. Upset pick time. You all thought I was going to pick the Buccaneers over the Seahawks, which is a 16-point spread, and you're wrong. I will actually go right now with the oh, – this is this is tough. Yeah. I'm going to go – I always pick the Raiders as my upset, but now they're favored. So you can't take a three-point favorite that, or a three-point underdog. That's not an upset. Well, th- you have to. Otherwise, you're going to be – Right. That's why you see me and Ra- Kelly doubling Ra- Ram- up. Rams over Titans. That's a three-point spread. And Kellen yeah. Clemens didn't look that. I just said you know what? Awful, I'll give you that as no, no, no. an upset because Kellen Clemens is that quarterback. So picking him to win a game. I'm so glad is, our fantasy. I'm so glad our fantasy correspondent makes all the rules around here. Um, now for my pick, I'm gonna put you all to shame. Uh, I think the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City, their first loss of the season. The Bills have been an upset pick, I think, every week on this show. I do enjoy they're not, the, they're, not, they're I, probably know, the best Kansas upset City, pick week to week. Kansas City's been shaky. They're heading into a bye. I'm going with Bills. I like it. They're I not li- crazy. Nolan, I, like I, it. I just don't love their quarterback situation right now. I like it a lot, Nolan. I do. Thank you, Kenny. Well. Behind the glass. What do we got? They have no idea what's going on. I'm going to go with Chicago, guys. 11-point underdogs against Green Bay. In Green Bay. I Ooh. think they can pull Okay, out. without Collar, that's a pretty big upset. That's okay, a okay, huge okay. upset. Monumental. Yeah, double down. So, uh, uh, let's see. Don't double down, please. Give me Mac Rosenberg's St. Louis Rams over the Titans. Uh, Kellen to- Clements, <laughs> former Jet, you know. You're, you're making... You're, <laughs> Zach Stace, your boy Zach Stace. <laughs> you're making me change Julian my... You're making me pick? change my pick now. Now I have to change my selection, Julian. If Julian made the pick, you know, it's uh, a bad one. Oh, I don't. Uh, I don't want to change my. You know what? I'll give me the Bills over the Chiefs. Give me the Bills over I, the Chiefs. I pick Bills over. No, Chiefs. you can't. I can't, you can't pick the same. It. I can't pick the same as you. You can't baby back onto my pick. I'm the one who made that pick. I I was the monumental brave soul who said it's gonna end. <laughs> the monumental brave. I don't think you're a pioneer. Uh, yeah, I know. The I would. I would not call myself. Say Vikings. Ever. Say Vikings I would call, over Dallas. I would call myself. Say Vikings over Dallas. No. No, I'll I'll stick with the Rams over the Titans because that okay. was thank you. I appreciate that, Julian. Guy. If the Titans beat the Rams, uh, you're out of here. You're just you're out of <laughs> here. Even though I have no power whatsoever in this situation, uh, Julian Adienza, Kelly Coltis, and Patrick Burns behind the glass. That means and Bobby Goom with the fantasy. Nolan Silvernagel to my right. Nolan, I'm sorry. It's okay, Bobby. We'll move forward. Well, we will move forward to Week 10 next week. Please join us for that. And thanks to Jim Corbett of USA Today at by Jim Corbett with two Ts until Week 10. Enjoy some football this Sunday, but hey, no Megatron. This has been One on One's NFL Friday, only on WFUVSports.org. Join us next week as we take you around the NFL. We'll see you then.